Welcome to the First Rate Podcast, a weekly conservative news show brought to you by Restoration of America. I'm your host, Jerry Ewald, Chief Marketing Officer for Restoration of America. And today we are privileged to be joined once again by one of our favorite guests, Dave Latour, a Pennsylvania political expert. Dave is founder of Latour Communications and radio host of Latour Live. Dave, like all of us, is watching things closely as the 2022 midterm election nears. All right, well, Dave, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, no, we're excited. Uh, and so, uh, as usual, we find uh, your state is back in the, uh, the center of the political universe with uh, two near-dead heat races going on in both the governor race and the Senate race. Do, do the voters of Pennsylvania really comprehend the magnitude of what they're about to do on November 8th, because it doesn't have just an impact on, on Pennsylvania, but it's going to have an impact across the country. I think a large number of the voters do. Um, Pennsylvania, just like you just pointed out from 2020, even 2016, when Trump won Pennsylvania, you pretty much knew he was going to be the next president. Likewise, when he lost in 2020, you knew that he was probably done. So Pennsylvania is used to being in the political crosshairs or the eye of the storm, however you want to tag it when it comes to politics. Um, I think you're starting to see, at least from my perspective and experience, a lot of interest now. We just had a debate uh, between our U.S. Senate candidates, mm -hmm. uh, the Republican Dr. Mehmet Oz and the Democrat uh, John Fetterman that clearly – uh, generated national and international headlines. And in fact, that debate took place here in Harrisburg at the local ABC affiliate, ABC 27. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you that they had media outlets from not just all over America, but all over the world in their parking lot trying to cover that debate. Well, uh, yeah, and I, I'm, I'm glad you jumped to that right away because that, that obviously everyone was watching that or, or at least have seen right. clips uh, of the video. See, it's really fascinating that you have this uh, well, he calls himself America's doctor, this nationally recognized, you know, he's a doctor, smart guy. He's a business, uh, he's a successful business person. He's a personality going against, you know, John Fetterman, which everyone wants to talk about, like, is this guy even fit to serve office? I mean, right. how, how do you think that went? Uh, you know, I've, I've gone through a myriad of emotions related to John Fetterman running for Senate. Um, in May, when he had a stroke, I think a lot of people felt bad for him. Uh, mm -hmm. But pretty quickly, a lot of people realized that they severely underplayed uh, the depth of his health problems. And it was evident to everybody who pays attention to politics in Harrisburg. Um, mm -hmm. So then you got a little mad. But I tell you, watching him the other night, I, I was just I was really sad for him. I, I felt bad for him in a lot of ways because somebody should have stepped up and told him a long time ago to get out of this race. People around him should have done the brave thing and said, this isn't the time for you to run. And I think you can't come away with any other conclusion after Tuesday night's debate. I'm not sure I've ever seen a disaster like that. And, no. And I'll tell you that I've had multiple conversations with uh, Democratic insiders uh, all across Pennsylvania. And quite frankly, they're worried about the ticket now. 
They worry that that could depress turnout for Democrats. It could lead to fewer people showing up because they are downtrodden about uh, about John Fetterman. If I'm Josh Shapiro, who's running for governor on the Democratic ticket, I, I'm pretty upset by the performance in that debate because that could impact me. Every close congressional race in Pennsylvania, uh, if you're a Democrat the next morning, you're nervous. So there's a lot of people here who think the people around John Fetterman should have stepped up and gotten him out of the race. But sometimes it's hard to tell who's calling the shots there, whether it's him or family members or uh, DNC trying to get to that magic number 51. Well, look, you're not trying to kick a guy when he's down. I mean, we all want John Fetterman to get better. Right. There's no doubt about that. But when you're running for the, one of the highest offices, in, obviously in the country and maybe even the world, we can say you, you've got to be fit to run for office. And, you know, it's it's surprising that, to your point, that it's allowed to continue this far. And, and I'm even surprised they allowed him to debate because that really puts him on a national stage. Well, I think he didn't have a choice at the end about the debate because there had been so many questions swirling about his capabilities, uh, mental acuity, on and on and on, lack of transparency. He still won't release his medical records. Yeah. Last week, he released a what a, the equivalent to a doctor's note saying he was healthy and on the road to recovery and there's no uh, nothing holding him back. We find out a day later that that note was written by a donor. That's right. Uh, as a doctor uh, who who uh, donated to his campaign, but he won't release his medical records. I, I think anybody who is objective, especially independent voters and undecideds right now who really weren't sure who to vote for. I don't know how you come away with any other decision. But Dr. Oz is your guy who's very smooth during the debate. Uh, they're trying to pick apart his answer on abortion, which is predictable. But really, when you're looking for somebody who looks mm. the part, uh, it was Dr. Oz. He pivoted easily. He brought specifics to the table and he countered on Fetterman a lot. And Fetterman, obviously, for anybody who saw the debate or the subsequent highlights, could tell that he was just not up to the task. And yeah. I don't know how he could serve in the U.S. Senate. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, uh, again, it's unfortunate, and it's, it's, it's a strange position that we find ourselves in. And I, I find it even stranger that the race is as close as it seems to be at this point. But um. Well, the problem really about the closeness is Fetterman really dominated the primary. He was never in question. He was going to win that. Mm -hmm. uh, but the Senate primary between Dr. Mehmet Oz and Dave McCormick and an independent uh, businessman, it was brutal. They spent millions of dollars and mm -hmm. he really started behind Dr. Oz uh, immediately after the primary. It took a while for him to start to raise money to uh, get back into the game. And, and I think that's where he fell behind. But as time has gone on and people have started to pay attention to the race, his numbers have really started to tick up and get a lot closer. He's within the margin of error in a lot of polls right now. We still have two weeks to go. He's tracking in the right direction. Yeah. So, so Dave, put, put aside, again, um, you know, health issues, and let, let's say it's an even playing field, which, which we know it's not, but let's say it was. Right. What do Pennsylvania voters care most about? Because that's really what we should be talking about, not if you know, someone's mentally or, or prepared to be able to do this type of job. What do they care about? Well, that's just it. Um, John Fetterman ran on a real far left wing agenda. 
uh, which is great to win a primary. But that's mm-hmm. not where Pennsylvanians are right now. They're vote. They're going to vote as as we always say, right? They're going to vote with their pocketbooks. Um, mm-hmm. Right now, uh, inflation is crushing Pennsylvania, just like every other state across the country, and that's reflective in the polls. People care about. Number one in Pennsylvania, they care about the economy. Number two is jobs. Um, number three is uh, gas prices. And so when you look at gas prices, they're starting to tick back up again here in Pennsylvania. And that's a big problem for Fetterman. And he's on the wrong side on all of these issues. He's flip-flopped on fracking, which is energy jobs and and, and uh, the economy in Pennsylvania. He's... Uh, he supported every Biden policy and uh, legislative win in Washington over the last two years. He was happy about the decisions that were being made about our energy needs. Uh, they, mm. they've, they've, we've gone from an energy independent country, as you know, to one that is very dependent upon the charity of others. And John Fetterman applauded that the whole way. So you add up people focusing on the issues, um, his positions on everything being the opposite of what people really care about right now. And it's easy to see and his performance in the debate. And it's easy to see that why Dr. Oz has gained so much steam. Yeah. And, and Dave, you're, I know you're in media and, and so, you know, a lot of your peers on the democratic side want to focus in on January 6th insurrection and abortion. Right. They hammer this over and over and over again. And what you just told me is that that's not what, the citizen of Pennsylvania cares about, and I would venture across the country, they care more about the economy and, and where things are going with inflation and how they're going to pay their bills. And yet we continue to see that narrative being pushed over and over again. What is that backfiring well, on the media? It, it is backfiring. And quite frankly, um, Oz rightly calls it out as, as scare tactics, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to abortion. Uh, Pennsylvania voters are educated. I know plenty of women who are Republicans but are pro-choice mm-hmm. uh, that believe that that's an issue that will be solved on the state level. Um, exactly. They don't have an issue with Oz in the federal government being pro-life. They're more focused on the economy and what Joe Biden's doing in Washington, D.C. So they're able to draw that line, so to speak, uh, when it comes to Oz. But yeah, the media, I think, the, the media's coverage of, and, and I tweeted about this um, earlier this week after the debate, the media about the Fetterman race, they've done an, another injustice to uh, to Pennsylvania voters. Yeah. They have known how bad this candidate was, his physical condition, his mental condition, and they basically didn't ask tough questions of this candidate. Uh, and they allowed it to fester, and here we are. And I think that media deserves a lot of the responsibility when it comes to parties getting free passes. And I really, actually, I should say party because the Republican mm-hmm. Party never gets a free pass. <laughs> that's so true. Um, all right. Well, let's let's shift gears now to the governor race because that's also a sure. big deal, obviously. And so we have right. very different candidates here, right? So we have a, a Attorney General Josh Shapiro, very polished politician, and then going against Doug Mastriano, who is, you know, an anti-establishment Republican, uh, really associated with the grassroots a lot more, uh, ver- two very different candidates. Uh, does Mastriano have a shot at winning this? 
I think any Republican has a shot of winning any election in this country come November. I think the odds for Mastriano are much longer than Dr. Oz. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that is, is I think uh, Doug Mastriano has wasted a lot of opportunities. Mm -hmm. I draw, I, I like to draw a comparison to Carrie Lake in Arizona. Uh, who has been out there tangling with the media, uh, putting them in uncomfortable positions, really being prepared, counterattacking. Mm -hmm. Doug Mastriano does not do interviews. I mm. cannot tell you the last time Doug Mastriano did an interview in Pennsylvania. I'm sure he's done one, but he's had media events where he's requiring television stations to allow them to review all videotapes so they won't come to his events. I, I, I look, he won an eight way primary with 43 percent of the vote, which is incredibly impressive mm -hmm. in such a in such a wide, uh, com widely competitive primary. He just dominated it. Yeah. But it was very clear coming out of that primary that he needed to reach out to moderate Republicans and independents and really make some headway with them. And I just I hate to tell you this and it, it, it's disappointing, but he hasn't done that. He has. Yeah. He stuck to his base, uh, and you don't hear him talking about jobs. You don't hear him talking about the economy because he doesn't communicate with anybody. It's literally like he's running a campaign in hiding, and it's been frustrating for a lot of Republicans and some of his diehard supporters here in Pennsylvania. Look, Dr. – I'm sorry, um, Doug Mastriano, his supporters, his, his core of supporters, they're passionate, right. really, really passionate. Um, Josh Shapiro's supporters are not passionate about Josh Shapiro. They're passionate about the issues, but nobody's going to go to the poll saying, I can't wait to vote for Josh Shapiro. He's the greatest thing ever. Right. Doug Mastriano's core supporters will absolutely, they cannot wait for him uh, to, uh, they cannot wait to vote for him on election day. And I truly believe they think he's going to win, but I just think he's blown it. I, I think he's blown the opportunity. Mm -hmm. He needs to get out there and tangle. He's a Trump candidate. I mean, what's the Trump playbook? Everybody knows right. it. It's it's do as many interviews as you can. And if you get in fights with the media, well, that's great. That's, that's a positive awesome. for you. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And it's a pot. It's been a positive for Carrie Lake. Her opponent in Arizona uh, won't debate her and is very sheepish on interviews. Lake is all over the place. And if she wins, it's going to be a great lesson on Carrie Lake versus Doug Mastriano, because Doug Mastriano, even with even as insular as he has been in his campaign, I can't tell you that he's going to lose in a red year. He could pull it out. Yeah. He absolutely could pull it out, but he's not made it easy on himself. Well, let, yeah. So let's go down that path and see what he needs to do. So I guess one of the things that come to my mind, right, just looking at Shapiro, right, attorney general, I right. see in the news all the time about the crime uh, explosion in Pennsylvania, right? It's right. not the only state. Uh, there's many states out there that are having the same issue, but it's in the same mold of these attorney generals that are soft on crime. Aren't people in Pennsylvania tired of that? And why do they want more of that and, and allow someone to become a governor that's, that's been soft on crime as an attorney general? Isn't that something that he can capitalize on? He can't capitalize on it because he's not raising money. And then when he does do commercial, he won't work with any established mm. political consultants or strategists. And what's frustrating is 
his first ad is all about him and his and his service in the military. Well, that's great if you've got forty million dollars to spend like Josh Shapiro does. But he is he's not he's not defining Josh Shapiro. Nobody else is going to do that. It, it's Doug Mastriano's job to say this is the guy you're voting for. Right. Because let's face it, we all know those ads work. And I, I wish I could tell you why this isn't happening. Um, and look, you know, another thing working against Mastriano, too, is he was very focused on election integrity in 2020. And the polls here in Pennsylvania show people are ready to move on from 2020. They want to look ahead to 2022. A lot of people think he's a one issue person. But here I come back to the fact that he's not raising money. Uh, Republican Governors Association isn't jumping on board. RNC isn't jumping on board. He's really got an uphill battle. And then when he finally does an ad, it's about his service in the military. Well, who yeah. cares about that? Right. We now? got that. Yeah. Who cares about that? Like, I have to tell you, like, I wish I could tell your viewers. I wish I could give them some good news. The only good news I can give you in Pennsylvania is people don't know that there's a choice. And but it's a Republican year and you never can tell what can happen in a, yeah. in a Republican year. And people could just start show up and, and just start hitting buttons, hitting red buttons left and right. <laughs> so that's why I that's why I give him a chance. But it's really been frustrating for a lot of people. Um, oh, another thing is Doug Mastriano won't debate him, won't right. debate him unless he gets to pick the moderator. The moderator who just did Oz and Fetterman's debate was going to do the same thing for the governor's race. And Mastriano rejected it because he said the moderator was too partisan. I can tell you, I had that moderator on my radio show. He is not too partisan. His name's Dennis Owens, ABC 27. He mm -hmm. is not too partisan. He is the perfect moderator, and he would have been extremely fair to Mastriano. But he said no. It, it boggles the mind. It really boggles the mind. Well, I hope he watches this podcast because he's, it's not too late. Too. We got two weeks left, right? And I, I do too. Yes. Yes. So, so yeah. that yeah, no that that is um, it's unfortunate. Again, two weeks left. So hopefully that, that he gets a chance to really push it into overdrive with those last two weeks. And you said something earlier too that I'll, I'll bring back in. You mentioned that because of what's happening with Fetterman and Oz, that's actually damaging Shapiro. So you have one more thing. That could help push him, right. uh, um, Mastriano, over uh, just as, just because of the Senate race. All Doug Mastriano had to do in May was come out and say, thank you. I'm so excited that I won this nomination. I'm going to get to work create, uh, when I'm governor, creating jobs, bring it, bringing our economy back, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And he didn't do that. But you're right. There are some built-in advantages. And, I, and, and I've said that. I think Fetterman is a drag on the ticket at this point and it's a red year and he definitely has those advantages. And that's why I can't rule out it. If this was not a red year, you and I would not be having the same conversation. No. I would, he would lose by double digits. It, it, that's mm -hmm. my experience here in Pennsylvania. And I understand and respect your question and agree with you. You, it is right to question Shapiro's performance during uh, the lockdowns, uh, the draconian lockdowns by uh, current Democratic governor Tom Wolf. Um, we were all upset about it. A lot of Pennsylvanians were upset about it. Wolf's polling numbers currently are pretty bad as a result. 
Uh, but you know, when there's a vacuum on the other side and nobody to really go after him, it just makes it really, really difficult for, for, uh, people to line up and at line up against Josh Shapiro. There's a void on the other side. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, you know, it's like you said, I mean, we're, we're hearing stuff across the country, like red tsunami and look, we got a lot of work to do between right. now and then. Um, it sounds like, uh, in your opinion, we, we would see a, a very positive outcome maybe on the Senate race, that that governor's race is right there for the taking, but maybe not enough gas left to get it done. But uh, so thoughts on the red wave in, in Pennsylvania? Well, I think the red wave is very real. Um, I think the abortion issue peaked a couple months ago uh, uh, for Democrats. I think as the economy continues to worsen, People are looking at who's in charge, and that's Democrats in Washington, D.C. You know, for Joe Biden to say, uh, if we have control of Congress in, you know, uh, after these elections, I'm going to introduce legislation to codify Roe v. Wade. Well, why aren't you doing that now? And I think people see that. I think people see the silliness of his press conferences and how they constantly contradict one another in that administration. The press secretary is just very poor at her job. So all that translates into, I think, people realizing that, the, you know, the whole defund, defund the police thing that they've been trying to they've been trying to dial back now for two years. That's another big issue in Pennsylvania crime. Philadelphia setting new records, as you indicated earlier, for murders over a thousand carjackings this year alone. People are very smart here in Pennsylvania. They look at. Uh, they look at who's in charge of those things and they try and, and I think they're going to try and vote for Republicans by and large. Problem in the governor's race, unfortunately, is, you know, are, what our candidates doing, but it's still there for the taking. And I expect strong majorities in the state house and Senate in Pennsylvania. I expect all the close congressional races to uh, lean toward uh, Republicans in Pennsylvania. It should be a very, very good year. And look, if we come close to hitting 100 percent, like uh, if we do 90 percent, 92 percent in in winning these offices and these contested races, I think we'll all be very happy here in Pennsylvania uh, come November 9th. Yeah, that's a big year. No, uh, although we won't, although we won't know the results by then. Unfortunately, we used to know our results right away, so it could actually take several days. <laughs> you can guarantee that, right? Um, right. Well, well, Dave, uh, this has been fantastic. We really appreciate your insight, and uh, look, we're praying for your state, praying for the country. We've got a lot of work to do, but thank uh, again, thank you for coming on the show. Always love being on. Uh, thanks for having me. All right. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and supporting conservative media. Don't ever forget that by working together and staying diligent, we conservatives can bring our country back to true greatness. Until next week, let's all keep praying that God will continue to bless America. First Right, a new kind of news summary without the liberal slant. Every morning, in your inbox, always free. Subscribe by texting FIRST RIGHT to 30161. That's FIRST RIGHT, all caps, one word, to 30161.